Welcome to the Westside Personalized Podcast, where real educators share their classroom-tested, learner-approved personalization practices. I'm your host, Andrew Easton. I hope you enjoyed today's discussion and are able to find a few valuable takeaways from the podcast. And so without further ado, let's go to the pod! All right, back for another episode of the Westside Personalized Podcast, and I am so excited to have my good friend Tara Martin here today to I'm chat. I'm so excited to be here, Andrew. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah, I'm really just looking forward to having an opportunity to um, talk a little bit about differentiation as it pertains to annotations, uh, and something that you know I have really appreciated in our conversations about what that's looked like in my, when I was a classroom teacher uh, in supporting learners and finding the style that fits them best. Um, but before we kind of nerd out and get into all of that stuff, um, Tara, for people that maybe don't know you, can I talk a little bit about your history in education and, and how you um, have kind of served schools and educators everywhere, really? Awesome. Um, yeah. So I'm Tara Martin, at Tara Martin EDU on Twitter, if you want to find me. And then also you might follow my website, which is TaraMMartin.com, and you can find a lot of educational reflections there. But I've served as a classroom teacher, an instructional coach a district coach, and then most recently a curriculum coordinator where I was a district administrator for instructional coaches. So I mentored them and I served uh, 250 educators. So I also get to speak and travel and tell other teachers, you know, talk to other teachers about their wonderful ideas and get their ideas and integrate them into the things that I'm trying out. So I get to do a plethora of things with education. I love it. I love, I I mostly just love the people. I love going to conferences because we all learn and grow from each other. And that's probably one of my most favorite things to do is just get around educators and talk EDU because it's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) I know that's something I've appreciated about, you know, just our back and forth and friendship and kind of following your, your journey through a lot of those different things. And I really appreciate your perspective and kind of lens because you have worn a lot of hats uh, so this is a personalized learning podcast, and so to kind of like maybe set a table from that end, um, we really want to try to promote choice for learners uh, in any and all capacities. And I think sometimes uh, as teachers we think, well, choice in uh, the end product, you know, and what they create. But there's also opportunities to create choice for how they engage in any new material. Uh, and so one of those, particularly, I think English, but it certainly has its applicability across like social studies or, or other disciplines, uh, is annotations. And how do you, as you're reading something for the first time, start to um, find what is your learner preference for how you want to record those and revisit like the key points. Um, and so that's, I'm excited to talk book snaps. Yeah, let's do it. Today. Okay, so let's kind of just like start thinking about, with thinking about old-fashioned annotation, right? And so like kind of talk a little bit about your experience, I guess, in leading into book snaps. Awesome. So one of the things I love to do, Andrew, I have a vivid imagination. No. It's unbelievable. (laughs) It's scary. I dream in color all the time. And um, people think it's crazy. But I, when I read, so visualization comes super easy for me. It didn't always until I learned to read in second grade, but soon as I learned to read, I loved visualizing what was happening. And so much so that I would want to, I'm not a drawer or a doodler, but I like to kind of write notes in my books, even as a kid, which that's kind of unheard of for kids. Most kids don't want to write in their books, but I always mm-hmm. wanted to write like a little image or draw a little figure that reminded me of what I was thinking about at this part of the text. And I find myself, even as adult, was still doing that. I'm highlighting and then I'm drawing these little 
wonky images <laughs> the best I can, but I knew yeah. what they meant. They meant they were a anchor for me to remember what happened on that page or in those chapters. And so that is kind of the foundation of where the idea book snaps kind of stemmed from. I was just doing that one day and my son, he was 15 at the time, he just loved Snapchat and I wanted to figure out a way to use Snapchat for something good. I call it edu awesomeness because <laughs> all he did was take, in my mind, all he was doing is taking selfies of himself. Yeah. Truly, he was communicating with his friends in a visual way. But until I listened to him tell me, Mom, this is how we communicate, like with images, it hit me and I was like, ah, oh, that's what I do when I'm reading. I'm connecting with these awful images that I'm drawing. <laughs> And I said, you know what, this is it. While I was reading and drawing, as an adult, teach like a pirate, I was reading that book and drawing these little things on sticky notes to remember those sections. I asked Caleb to come down and teach me how to use Snapchat and it immediately hit me. We can use this app to create a much prettier image of Mm -hmm. what's happening in our mind. So recreate the visualization that's happening in your mind and have that anchor and annotate as well, but first the image, because that's what comes in your mind. And then right. typing it out. A lot of times for kids, I'm noticing they are so into the selfies. They're so into images. And so if they start with the image, maybe then they can pull out the text or write what they're thinking because they start with the language that they love, bitmojis and emojis, and they pull out what's actually happening. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of where it started. And I really like the idea, too, of being able to start to encourage students to see their phone as something they can use for academic purpose. Um, So in any capacity, right, whether it's annotations or whatever, because it frustrates me so much, especially because of my passion for video, when students will sit there with their phone in hand and go, video, I'd like to make a video, I just have no idea how. And I just go, I just want you to make 15 (laughs) with your snaps before, you you know, between class periods. Uh, And so I always, you know, think that it's really important that we start to ask them to use those devices for their educational benefit. And so it's cool that this is a way to do that. Totally. Uh, And so for someone that would say, okay, what's the, so is this just pretty? I mean, you you know, is this just something that's kind of fancy? Like what's the kind of brain research a little bit behind this? Because I know that there's there's something to the, this idea of an anchoring image. Right. So, you know, a lot of people at first were kind of ridiculing, not a lot, but there were, there's always going to be some that ridicule your creation. And honestly, Mm -hmm. I didn't know what I was creating. I just threw it out on Twitter, called it hashtag booksnaps. I tagged Dave Burgess because I was reading his book. I didn't even know who he was at that time. Now he's my boss. And I just, <laughs> I was like, I don't know what I'm doing, but here, this is cool. Yeah. And he loved it. But then when I guest blogged for him for the first time, all these educators, we now have 17 countries of teachers and students making book snaps as a comprehension strategy. And in all disciplines too, right? You have all like- disciplines, science snaps, math snaps, every kind of snap. Because mm-hmm. basically students are just sharing their thinking with a visual digital representation. Mm-hmm. It's, that's all, they're using their language to share their thinking, which is what annotation is all about. It's sharing right. our thinking when we write it all down. Mm-hmm. So once I wrote that guest blog for Dave Burgess, teachers all over the world were like, what's the brain research behind this? And I'm like, I have no idea. Like, it was just like a problem-solving <laughs> idea. I just got to toss it out there. Well, and I so, want to interject, too, at this point to say that I love that quote 
um, and I'm gonna botch even where this is from, but the idea that if, like if it's innovative, it doesn't always have the research behind it just yet, right? <laughs> right. That, that's what best practices are. You are the action research. <laughs> right. So um, it's not a surprise you had to kind of like make this up on the fly a little bit because yeah. it was so innovative at the time. It is, and I, I before I dive into the real research, when I was telling, when I was interviewing for my last admin job. They said, they asked me a question about research. Do you only use like engaging strategies that have science proof, you know, this really uh, hardcore proven science research, whatever. I was like, well, you know, sometimes I'm just the action research because I literally just try something and then I figure out why it worked. And so that's what happened with book snaps. It was cannonball in the water and then swim (laughs) like a mad woman to the top and figure out why it worked. So. With book snaps, if you think about your brain, you have two hemispheres of your brain, and in the left hemisphere of your brain, there are four processors. I won't bore you with all the names, <clears throat> but when all of them are when all of them are firing as intended when you're reading, you create an image in your mind. However, when there is a student who one processor is not firing, that's when they get like that rainbow spinny wheel of death. They're like, I don't know what's happening. Mm, And an image doesn't pop in their head. So the visualization is not happening for those kids. But when they are all firing, an image pops up in your mind. And the coolest thing about humans, we all have these different um, background experiences. We all have these different strengths and passions. So the image that pops into all of our minds, none of them look the same. Right. Because we're coming from a lot of places, right? But we get visualization, left hemisphere of the brain. So think about the right hemisphere of your brain. That is where you create. That is where you, where your creative mind is, right? So when you are recreating the visualization that's happening inside of your mind digitally with bitmojis, emojis, and images, and annotating what it, you're actually thinking and why, yeah. you're now engaging the right hemisphere of your brain. So when both hemispheres of your brain are engaged, the chance of you taking that content out of the working memory, which is where it stays if you just keep reading, and and kicking it back into the long-term memory is exponentially higher. And so what happens is if kids create a book stop at the beginning, middle, and end of their book, they will often tell you, if you ask them like three weeks later, you save their book snaps, like say on a Padlet or Google Slides. Mm-hmm. You ask them three weeks later, hey, tell me about that book you read. They will almost always tell you what they read around the book snap. Why? Because that's the piece that lodged into their brain permanently. Mm-hmm. Now, if they pick up the book, they could probably thumb through it and tell you a few more things. Right. But what they recall quickly are the things that happened around the book snaps. So it is a comprehension strategy, but honestly, I didn't know that at the time, but it makes sense why my imagination is so vivid because I've always used images to kind of connect the text to me. Mm-hmm. And so when I think back in my book, I always think about those like image places, those places where I jotted a little image. Right. And you, so when you bring up the point too that we all will call a different image to mind or that we all will kind of have a different way in which we interact you know, with those, I think that it's important as a practitioner in the classroom when you say, hey, I'm going to give you the opportunity to annotate in regardless of what the content area is, take 10 minutes and just go, people like will do this in very different ways. And so yes, there are 
sticky notes. And here's you know two minutes on what it sort of looks like typically for people that choose to go that route. And if you're a highlighter, there's this. And if you're somebody who, uh, like I know oftentimes for me, I would just take quotes and I'd have to type or write them out. Mm -hmm. um, and that was uh, like helpful for me to kind of just like put those almost on this big sheet. And then if I was going to go write an essay afterwards, then I could just kind of scroll through those as notes. But I, I'm, heck, if I could have done book snaps, I'd have totally been there. <laughs> um, but, but take two minutes, all right, and say there's this, there's this, there's this, there's this. Uh, I'm going to encourage you as an educator to try two of them, all right, because all, everyone will gravitate to the thing that they're most comfortable with. So, or say, hey, you know, to start off the book, do one that is something you've never done before um, so that they start to at least have, develop a sense of their learner preference, uh, what's going to work for them, and not just default to what they've always done because that was the only – there's a really quote I like that says if you see every – if the only tool that you have is a hammer, you'll see every problem is a nail. It's true. And so I think that Very you have true. to start to give people more tools so they don't just see nails. <laughs> Super true. And you know, when we taught book snaps, or I've co-taught it in lots of different classrooms. I work with seven elementaries. And some kids just don't like making them. They just want to keep reading because mm -hmm. they don't want to stop. They don't want to annotate. They don't want to stop. They, they just want to read. process. Right. So we had op opportunities. We used Flipgrid for processing, like just verbally processing some of the students that I've worked with, they just want to tell you what they just read, and that was perfect. So in Flipgrid, the greatest thing, I love Flipgrid, by the way, but in there you could upload images, you can upload MP4s, or you can just straight up record your own self-talking. And in a class, like all of your kids are in this one spot. Mm -hmm. And so it was great because they could choose different routes. So you just want to talk about what you read? That's fine. You want to write about it? That's fine. You want to book snap it? That's also fine. So giving kids multiple opportunities to respond, I think is huge. For our ELL learners, book snaps have been a huge help. That is, images is what they connect with, and it's certainly what helps them with language. So you have just many different types of learners. Some mm -hmm. do not prefer book snaps just because it takes, they have to stop and take time. But anyone who uses them remembers the stuff that they write around them, yeah. like that they've read around it. And with Flipgrid too, if you're not familiar with that, it's very similar to a Padlet, um, but it does have like video some video component. Ca yeah, capabilities. Uh, it's neat too to think about the ability to interact with other people's annotations on a shared board, whether that is Padlet or, or Flipgrid. And so I'm sure that there's kind of a level to all that. And, and on Flipgrid, you can go through and like or put little smiley faces on it and that um, connectivity and interaction with others that, that, hey, not only did I create this, but other people are engaging in that too. And so there's an audience beyond just myself and, and that text, and it just extends those conversations. And that's something, whenever I was in the classroom, I just made book snaps an opportunity for students, and they put on a Padlet, and we actually shared those Padlets then. We read a nonfiction text with the author, uh, and it was very encouraging to my students when the author got onto their padlet and wrote feedback Comments. about the annotations they'd taken over her book. Yeah, uh, and so cool. Yeah, I mean that's those those are the learning experiences that you remember years later, uh, and just sort of makes you want to you know just do better work. I think too when you realize that there is somebody else besides the teacher that, that's interacting with this. So we to had, get oh sorry oh sorry I was gonna say on the same lines we had several students that used them across the country and in other countries actually, but when they tweet out the book snap, so the Peter Reynolds, I think it was Happy Dreamer that the kids were tweeting out, the first grade group, they got to GHO, Google Hangout with the author, with Peter Reynolds. He saw their book snaps, loved on them on Twitter, and then 
actually visited with them and read Happy Dreamer to them, which I think is legit cool. (laughs) I mean, I think there was some setup between the teachers, but still, he commented on their stuff, and they couldn't believe an author. Like, one saw their book Mm -hmm. stops. That's how I felt when Dave Bridges commented on mine. And then actually wanted to talk to them and share something with them. So we've had a lot of connections with authors and kids. That's that's just one story. There's a bunch of them where they actually have gotten to meet them through Google Hangout, and it all started with a book snap that they put out on into an authentic audience like Twitter. So, And that even gets back to our earlier point that uh, the ability to start to see technology and social media and things that they don't use for academic purposes is having as a one-step way to connect with people that you would otherwise maybe never get an opportunity to interact with in, on that level. So um, to kind of get to the application portion, and maybe this will maybe the last topic on this thread. So let's say I'm a classroom teacher, okay, and maybe I teach at a school where uh, I don't want to encourage students to use Snapchat, or maybe it's something that uh, is blocked somehow. <laughs> you know, uh, what are some ways in which you could create book snaps without necessarily using Snapchat? Because I know there's a myriad of those. Um, totally. Well, I always tell people any site or app that you can digitally edit an image and write text, you can use. So. I'll give you a few examples. One of my favorite ones to use of late is Google Slides. And the real reason why I love the Google Slides is because you give every kid a slide, you can open it up. You do have to have a little digital citizenship uh, conversation to stay on your slide kind of thing. It isn't that difficult though. And then everyone takes a slide and say we're all reading the same novel, then somewhere throughout chapters one through five, I'd like you to create a book snap. That's just one task. You can also annotate and do other things throughout those chapters, but somewhere between chapters one and three, one and Mm -hmm. five, I want you to create a book snap and it's gonna go on this slide, this slide deck. And so the videos for how to make these things, they're all in tarammartin.com on the resource section, all the way on the far left-hand side, there's all book snaps resources that you could ever probably need or want. Yeah, and when I post this on our website, I'll try to put a link directly to that, those materials, so you can check that stuff out there. Yeah, it's great because I love I love this. The reason I love this version is because it really hones in on my message of being real because everyone connects in a different way. And so when they finish, we have this chapters one through five slideshow that I can then play the next morning say they have a week to complete that. So the next Monday when they come in, I have some music playing and I have that slideshow rotating and it's reminding them that we read this and this is how my peers connected. And wow, I never even thought about that chapter like that. And so it also engages conversations. And so I will have them, did you see the slides going this morning? Okay, we're gonna go back into the slideshow and I want you to go comment on two of your peers' book snaps. So you could just highlight their name and hit the comment button. And then they can have this conversation back and forth. What were you, like, how did you come up with this from mm-hmm. this chapter? Where was that at? Oh, page five. I haven't really thought about page five like that. So they start to realize that we're all different. And why we connected like that it usually has to do with some of our realness, which is our past experiences, our strengths, our passions, the things that we're going through, our current reality. And, and they have these authentic conversations with each other of why they connected to the text that way. And it also just helps me to help students understand that reading, it just opens the window of life. And there's so many ways to connect. And so that's one reason I, I just despise when people put really tight rubrics on book snaps. 
and I've seen them out there and it just makes my heart so sad because it's like a digital worksheet then when you mm-hmm. say, I would like you to find this, 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 and this, and you're creating an image that shows me exactly what I want. I don't want that. I want them to connect. Maybe there's some parameters, but not tight parameters yeah. because we want them to connect in an Absolutely. authentic way. And I would, in hearing that and kind of processing that through that personalized lens, you know, that, that realness that you're talking about is, is that also at the heart of personalized learning, right? We want to acknowledge the individual. We want to like cater as much of the process as we can with expectations still to who they are and their interests and their hobbies and their own creative sensibilities. Uh, and I think knowing your learners, which is one of our kind of key elements, is certainly represented in that. But then also with that choice piece, you're right. You have to still have the flexibility to make all that stuff your own. Uh, and so I really like that. I mean, that point there, too, because I think that's on on message with everything that we're trying to get accomplished with this. Totally. Uh, and so whether it's yeah Google Slides or Google Draw, I know Kit that... Collage Kids, there's everyone, Seesaw. I was super excited to even see that the most recent phone update... iOS. For, for iOS. Yes. Yeah, so if you just use your camera and you go in there and take a picture, if you, there's a little three-dot button that you can hit and mark up any picture. So you don't even have to have an app beyond what's just on a, any iPhone or iPad. Uh, you can highlight things and write in there and put put some text in. And so uh, there's ways to get this done. Moral of the story. And many, many. And actually, as you come up with some, if you tag me at Tara Martin to you on Twitter, I will, I will share it on my website. I love sharing all of the other ways. Book Creator has been a real fun one. We've been doing and making a book, a book snaps, which is fun mm-hmm. as well. And you could do that in slides too. Like if one kid were to create my top five book snaps from this novel, that's like their 21st century book report. And they have their top five book snaps. And then people are commenting off to the side of why, you know, oh, wow, I hadn't thought about yours. I hadn't thought about this like that, especially if you add them all in Google Classroom and everyone can check them out. So there's just so many ways to share. The main thing about book snaps is it does help the reader, but it, it's so much more meaningful when you share it with an authentic audience. Mm-hmm. Just put it out there into the world. Uh, and I love too that this sometimes we care more about the technology than we do about like the practice and and just in this last 30 seconds here it doesn't matter what you use just but the concept is worth and the the brain research you know that kind of came around behind that after the fact that's what matters right like that we're starting to provide these opportunities and there's a myriad of ways to get that done so just make it happen so if a teacher last question is on the fence right now they're like this sounds really great thank you for these resources what would you kind of say to to move them if you had one more kind of call to action well when teachers are fearful of trying it, it's usually snapchat that they're usually nervous about Mm -hmm. so try it with an app that you're familiar with if you're already using Seesaw, use Seesaw. Use something that you're familiar with and just toss it out there to the kids. Honestly, they will teach you. They teach yes. me. And so they're always showing me cool new things to do in book snaps that I hadn't ever thought about. And also let them be creative. I know the first book snap will take a really long time because we have a lot of perfectionists out there. <laughs> I, I'm not one of them, of course. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> totally. No, I can totally all. relate to those kids. But it'll take them a long time on that first one. And, and uh, please don't think that that's the norm. As they get better at it, they realize they don't have to be so detailed. It's just an anchor to remember the content. And it's not just a pretty poster. But the first time they make them, it feels like a pretty poster. Let them be creative. They're finding all kinds of different ways to create at that moment. 
And so let them be creative, but the, as they go on, they will get a lot faster at making them, and they'll start to teach you ways to make them, which is fantastic. Awesome. Well, I tell you what, I really appreciate your time. It's so fun to finally get you to sit yeah, on that podcast. Totally, I, totally. I know our backs and forths and, and just our conversations over the past couple of years have been really cool to kind of follow your whole journey. And, and so coming up this Sunday, your book hits Amazon, right? I think so. Yeah, that's the goal. And that is the plan. So, wow, it's almost here. So exciting. So exciting. So, so there's a lot of book snaps information and Be Real, Educate from the Heart. Um, in the L, Learning Through Life, you will find a lot of book snaps information. And also in the book, you will see the untold stories of book snaps. And I think that if you're on the fence, go read that chapter because that's real. And that is not something I ever expected to be an outcome of a problem-solving idea that I cannonballed in the water. I never expected those real applications that kids experienced. But if you're on the fence, that would be a good chapter that probably push you all the way off. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, thanks again for your time. Thank you. Yep. Well, that's a wrap on another great episode. For more information or to contact us directly, you can email our team at personalized.learning at westside66.net. As always, thanks for tuning in and learning from the Westside Personalized Podcast.